0: This is March. Oh my goodness. What is going on? Yerks here. Welcome to another episode of Yerks Talks on a Monday, March 22nd. How we doing? Oh man, we're we're shifting plans again. The the original plan for this episode was to start talking baseball. I can't do it. I I, I can't. I have to talk about March Madness because it's been insane. It's always madness. Brackets always get destroyed. But it's oh, it's just so fantastic. And this year we've had so many low seeds have upsets. It's been insane. So we have to talk about that. We, I, I got to move baseball again. Which means that I might have to cram some episodes together or some divisions together. And break them down. So we might have a couple of videos this week that are a little bit longer than that 30 minutes I'm shooting for uh, with every podcast. So, yeah. But, I mean, I have to talk about March Madness. Because it has been madness. And, yeah, it's been insane. So we got to go that route. But I hope everybody has, or had, rather, a uh, great weekend. If you didn't watch any Basket Hoops, shame on you. But we'll cover some stuff today. Uh, yeah, it was a good weekend. Um, just love, ah, man, it it just, it was like a sense of normalcy was back for me. I think that's why I was so hyped about it, because we didn't have it last year due to the COVID, like it, it, uh, like the whole Corona shenanigans started pretty much like right before March Madness was about to take off. And I remember, um, things were fine. And then like I think it was around this week actually where everything got shut down. And so yeah. To have March Madness back, even though we don't have as many fans, even though we still are masking up and the social distancing is still going on, it's it was just it felt like the same tournament that we've always had. And so I yeah, I've just been over the moon with what like with the basketball and then it feels like we're coming out of it. It feels like we're finally going to get out of uh, all this corona stuff. And yeah, I'm, I'm just super pumped for that. But yeah, I hope you're having a solid start to your Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. And uh, yeah, we're going to get into it here. Before I uh, dive dead first into March Madness, though, I do want to talk about some NFL news. Uh, there's still some free agency stuff that went on, so I want to discuss that. But first... An announcement came out today that the NFL draft which happens uh end of April like the 29th to uh it's that weekend like the last weekend of April and it bleeds over into May. So we're going to we're going to have a live NFL draft, which is fantastic. Uh you know, I thought it was going to be in Vegas, but it's not. It's actually going to be in Cleveland, which is pretty neat. Uh, For Cleveland, because I don't know why. I don't think you'd go there intentionally unless it was the draft. So, I'm kidding, Cleveland, by the way. Well, am I, though? Not really. But, yeah, the NFL draft is going to officially take place in Cleveland. The draft will be returning to its pre-pandemic form. So, like, we got fans in attendance. Prospects are invited. Roger Goodell is going to be there in person, so we get to boo him. Um, and there's still going to be mask wearing social distancing, but again, we're trending in that upward direction, right? March Madness is a good start. The fact the tournament's been going on and we haven't really had any, we had one game uh, canceled d- d- due to COVID issues and I'll get to that. But you know, other than that, like it, it it's been, it's been good. It's been really solid. So uh, yeah, the uh, draft is going to be in Cleveland. So that's exciting. And, you know, cause I lo- love me some football and like, all this speculation talk and the free agency stuff has been awesome to cover. But, I mean, it's a draft that, like, I oh, man, I cannot wait to do a video on the draft. I think I want to, like, uh, do, like, a mock draft of the first round, maybe with a couple buddies. That would be a lot of fun. Uh, there's also some free agency news I wanted to cover before we get into March Madness stuff. So, two, uh, there were two big-name wide receivers still on the – Still um, free agents up until last week. Uh, the first, Juju Smith-Schuster. So I talked about how I don't think he should get wide receiver one money. Um, I just didn't think that based on his production. And then also, let me back up on his production real quick. So he's he's a talented wide receiver. Like, he's good. But ever since Antonio Brown left the Steelers several, like a few seasons ago, and Juju had to step into that number one role. He hasn't really been a number one wide receiver. When Antonio Brown was there, Juju was working predominantly in the slot, and he excelled there. He was fantastic. You know, he was Roethlisberger's second option at the time. Antonio Brown was getting a lot of the best coverage, and he, and uh, Juju flourished in that system. But then when Antonio Brown gone, they're like Juju, we want you to be the guy. Uh, he got the best coverage, got the best looks, a lot of things, and he just did not perform. And then also, the wide receivers behind Juju are just so talented. You have Deontay Johnson, who did struggle down the stretch for Pittsburgh last year. Uh, you know, had some drop issues, but you know, overall, he's a really solid receiver. And then the rookie Chase Claypool, who absolutely balled out. So the Steelers are like, we're not going to pay you wide receiver one money. We got these two awesome studs behind you. We don't think you're worth it. So he hit free agency, and I think there are rumors that, the, that he was maybe going to sign with the Jets, but at the end of the day, he goes back to Pittsburgh. So he re-signs with, with uh, Pittsburgh on a one-year, $8 million deal. Uh, so not getting wide receiver one money, and uh, essentially, he's gonna, it's a prove-it year for him. He's going to bet on himself, and then hopefully when he hits free agency next season, he'll get that long-term contract that he wants. I'm gonna be very interested to see if he's gonna stop his like off the field antics. I'm not saying that played a part in him not getting a contract, but it definitely could have, right? I have a lot of companies nowadays, the nowadays, they look at your social media and whatnot to see, you know, what kind of employee am I hiring? Things like that, you know, it comes up. It's important, and so when you have a guy like Juju, who's who's like. Who is on purpose pissing off teams by dancing on their logo and showing them disrespect? Um, it, it's not a good look. Now, I mean, I don't know how much of an impact that plays because there's players that get signed that do just horrific things. <laughs> um, so, it, I mean, I doesn't really like it. I I don't know. I think it does have some weight, but who 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 really knows? At the end of the day, I think I think that um, more often than not. And maybe sometimes it shouldn't be the case, but if you're talented, like, that normally is enough. Like, it, like we'll deal with the off-the-field antics. Like, as long as, like, you're really good on the field, uh, we don't really care what you do off of it. And so, sometimes, uh, most of the time that's the case, but there's also sometimes times where no matter, like, what, these players don't get signed because of horrific things they've done in the past. Again... I don't have it out for Juju Smith Schuster. I just think that he wasn't worth the number one, uh, number one wide receiver money, and he didn't get it. And so he, he, the, the logical choice is to resign with Pittsburgh. So hopefully he has a great 2021 season, and then he can get that fat contract for himself in 2022. The other big name guy, and he actually got the bread. He got the paper to be the number one wide receiver uh, money, and I think he deserves it. I've been very adamant about this uh, the past few weeks now, is uh, Kenny Galladay. He signs with the New York Giants, with the G-Men. He goes to the Big Apple, solid market, signs a four-year, $72 million deal, 40 of which is guaranteed. I'm happy for him, man. I think he deserves it. He balled out his second and third season in the NFL last year, injury-reeled season. I don't think it's a trend. I, I thought it was a fluke year where he was try, he was battling to get back, never could get 100% healthy. And so now he moves over to New York with Daniel Jones and joins a already pretty solid wide receiver core. They have Sterling Shepard in there. that just signed John Roche from the Bengals. When he's healthy, he's a difference maker. And then they have Darius Slayton as well. It's very good. You, know, you, you combine them with a healthy Saquon Barkley, uh, the, the offense could be moving. Uh, you have, oh my goodness, why am I blanking on his name? The old Cowboys head coach, which I don't know why I'm blanking on his name right now, but I am. Uh, it'll come to me. I might have to look it up. Oh, Jason Garrett. There we go. Jason Garrett. He was. Uh, he did a great job uh, coordinating the offense last year for New York. And now you have these ridiculous weapons on the outside. The Giants have their true number one. I think they tried, they, they thought Sherling Shepard could get there, but I think he's better in that second wide receiver role kind of like how juju was with antonio brown slayton now plays second fiddle to uh, or Shepard rather sorry he N- shepherd now plays second fiddle to galladay i think that makes a lot of sense my concern with the with new york right now though because yeah you look at the talent on offense that they have is fantastic but they just they just let go of their best offensive lineman in uh zeetler and i don't I don't know. They haven't really done anything to replace anybody on the offensive line. So I'm assuming they're going to draft a lineman, but it's not a very good draft class for linemen. It doesn't really matter the weapons you have if you can't protect Daniel Jones. That's the point I'm trying to make here. So it's on paper, it's great. Like, yeah, lock down Kenny Galladay for, for, for the foreseeable future. That's awesome. I got no complaints about that. But why you gotta you gotta fix your offensive line. You can't run the ball at all because your line stinks, and Daniel Jones gets hit a lot because your line stinks. So to not only not address your offensive line, but to lose your best lineman doesn't seem like a very great offseason so far. Kenny Galladay move is nice. Again, I think he can be I think I think he is a top ten wide receiver. I truly, I think he's that good. And so it definitely helps out Daniel Jones, but uh, they're going to have to retool that offensive line like crazy because they were bad last year, and they haven't made any improvements so far this year. There's some other moves that, were, that happened this weekend that I thought, you know, that stuck out to me. So Sheldon Rankins, defensive tackle for the Saints last year. Remember, New Orleans has tried, had to cut pretty much everybody. Their team is going to look so different. It's going to be insane. So yeah, Sheldon Rankins—he's gone. He's traveling to New York, but he's going to be playing for the Jets. He signed a two-year, seventeen million dollar deal there. So yeah, they've been signing some good players on the Jets. Be interesting to see uh, what they're going to do with the number two pick. Sam Darnold is still a Jet, as far as I know. I don't know if they're going to release him or not. Uh, Not sure what the deal is there, but yeah. Well, I mean, they dropped a quarterback on April 29th, then we'll know. The Denver Broncos. So Kyle Fuller was released by the Bears, and literally minutes after he was released, the Broncos picked him up. I don't know what the hell the Bears are doing. Again, like, this is just... I I have no idea. I don't understand what's going on there. But yeah, Denver is having a very under-the-radar free agency, or just offseason in general, and they've been, like, very good. Like, they've, they've done some very... Solid business. They re-signed Von Miller, uh, defensive tackle Shelby Harris, who might be the best defensive tackle in the league. He's very good. Uh, they picked up cornerback Ronald Darby from Washington, and now they add Kyle Fuller to that defense, and then they, they got a long-term deal done with uh, their safety, Justin Simmons, who is one of the best safeties in the league. So they've, been, they've had a very productive offseason so far. My only issue is, uh, or my only question rather, is when the hell are you going to address the quarterback position? Drew Lock is not the guy, and so I, I would love them to bring in a guy like Marcus Mariota. Um, so that would be, I think, that would be a fantastic fit for them. Bring him in, and uh, you know, have him run the offense. Because yeah, I, I just, I cannot take this team seriously, it, like without with with Drew Lock under center. I can't do it. I, I don't. I won't even entertain the idea that denver can be a playoff team with drew lock like it's it's unfathomable to me like i i, I cannot see it like there's no way but other than that like other than the quarterback position they've done great business so far the seattle seahawks they finally got their uh deal done with um what is his name gabe jackson i was looking for it uh so the raiders right they're also having a they're having an interesting offseason where they got rid of all their offensive linemen and then they just signed a new one. But the Seattle Seahawks, they get one one man's trash in the Raiders, another man's treasure with Seattle. They get uh, Gabe Jackson. And so that makes a ton of sense for them. They improve the offensive line. I talked about this a little bit on Friday last week where Russell Wilson, he was very adamant, like, hey, we you got to protect me more. I get sacked a shit ton. I guess it's not good. He went out in the media, and so, like, you know, Pete Carroll and the GM, they they were like, okay, like, yeah, we hear you. So we'll get you um, an improvement on the offensive line, which which Gabe Jackson is. And they also signed Gerald Everett last week, the tight end from the Rams. And so now, you know, a little bit of – there's a little bit less pressure on them and more on Russell Wilson because it's like they're listening to them, which, like, you should do always. Again, it would have been batshit insane for them to trade Russell Wilson. It would have made no – sense so yeah and then uh deshaun jackson this i thought this is very interesting too deshaun jackson uh the speedster when he's on the field he is a difference maker he agreed to terms on a one-year contract with the rams now i love this because you have matt stafford now not that golf can't throw deep ball but stafford's deep ball is fantastic he's been doing it his entire career so you get a speedster down the sideline with two uh really with i mean combining him with Robert Woods and Cooper cup like that's pretty nasty and you know it's a little it's like one-year contracts so it doesn't cost him a lot of money uh, yeah the Rams have been doing good good business offseason too all right that's all I really wanted to discuss in the NFL I'm excited that the draft is gonna be in person that's really cool and let's get to March Madness all right for the last like 15 minutes here let's talk about the tournament so we're gonna go all the way back to Friday when did start? Just kind of go through some of the rounds and uh, see what happened, because ah oh man, it's just been it's just been phenomenal, dude. It really has. Um, it's just been so much fun to watch. Now Friday I worked, so I wasn't able to see every single game, which sucked. But I did get snippets, and uh, yeah, it was just fantastic love me some march madness like it's just the it it, honestly march is the best time of the year sister's birthday was last week mine's on friday uh it it goes into the masters like early april we have the tournament like it i just saint patrick's day all this stuff like that so i'm just going to quickly run through the games here i'll stop and um explain or go into detail about games that were a little bit more interesting but uh yeah here we go so uh, Illinois, they took care of business, and they beat the 16th seed, Drexel. Then we had Baylor. They beat their 16th seed, uh, their 16th seed opponent. Houston, they beat their 15th seed opponent. And then you have the biggest upset of the tournament so far, Oral Roberts. They take the Buckeyes to overtime. The 15th seed takes the 2 seed to overtime and beats them 75 to 72. And they're not done. Like They're in the Sweet 16, baby, so we'll talk about that. A little bit later, Arkansas they beat their opponent, number three seed. They move on. Oklahoma State they took care of business on Friday. West Virginia they uh they beat Moorhead State, they 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 move on the three seed. And then we get to this game, which again I wasn't able to watch, but uh Syracuse they beat San Diego State 78 to 62. They just they destroyed them. I talked to my dad. After uh, after I got off work and it was basically just San Diego State shit the bed for like that's essentially what happened here. I oh, man, it's rough, dude. State only had 18 points at halftime. Like what the hell dude? they were down 32 to 18 at halftime? Couldn't recover. Um, It was rough, dude. Buddy uh, Boheim by the way, guy's a monster. He had 30 points in this game. Uh, he just couldn't miss. He was fantastic. Seven of 10 from three. From three. Guy was on fire. Uh, yeah, th- we, ugh, it was just awful. Uh, San Diego State only shot 35% from the field. Uh, it's just a game to forget, man. It's it's such a bummer. Like bracket stuff aside, because I had San Diego State going to the championship game. I just really believed in this group, like a very you know veteran group like that. But I mean, when Syracuse shoots fifty five percent from three, like I mean, any team shoots that much, that percentage from three, extremely tough to beat. So yeah, they fall early. Syracuse pulls off the upset. Loyola, that's so. I just found out that Le, Loyola. Oh my goodness. La Yola is very hard for me to say. I don't know why. So Sister Jean's team is what I'm going to call them. She's a riot, isn't she? Like, I think she's 102, and she's like their mascot, basically. Like, oh, she's fantastic. So Sister Jean's team, uh, oh, my goodness, La Yola, Chicago, they beat Georgia Tech. Then you got Villanova taking care of business against the 12 seed. Uh, North Texas with the big upset of Purdue. I thought Purdue would be one of those sneaky four seeds. That could win the tournament but the 13th seed north texas they knock them off 78 to 69 so that's two well three upsets so far on the opening day which is fantastic texas tech they care they take care of business against utah state they got florida they beat virginia tech in overtime and then the beavers oregon state beavers i actually called this in my bracket so come out. uh they beat tennessee the five seed uh the The 12-seed Beavers did. That was fantastic. And then Wisconsin, they beat North Carolina, which I actually called as well. Um, Funny fact, though, I didn't know this. So Roy Williams, who's the coach for North Carolina, he's never lost in the round of 64. If I had known that, I probably would have picked North Carolina, but I didn't know that. And so I went with Wisconsin. And so Roy Williams gets his first loss in the tournament in the opening round, which is nutty. And then close out Friday, Rutgers, they beat the 10 seed, beat the 7 seed, Clemson. Moving on to Saturday, and I I was off Saturday, so I got to watch pretty much every single game Saturday, which was fantastic. Um, Again, love me some March Madness here. So to kick it off, Alabama, they took care of business against Iona. This is actually a pretty close game at halftime. But they figured out how to stop two of Iona's best players, and they got got the job done. Uh, Rick Patino, former Louisville co- uh, coach, you know he got out of there when the shenanigans happened there. I think there was like some – oh, God, I don't want to guess. But I think it was like some – I don't remember what it was. There was like a scandal in Louisville, and so he had to step down as a coach there. And so now he's at Iona, and he's turned that ball club around. You had Iowa, who is my tournament um, favorite to win the whole thing. They took care of business. They beat their 15th seed Grand Canyon. And you have Abilene Christian. This was the last game of the day. They upset the number three seed Texas. Almost lost this game, by the way, Abilene uh, Christian did. They almost gave it away to Texas, who had no business being in this game. The th- uh, Chaka Smart, ever since his move from VCU, has not, has not been able to make it out of the first round of the tournament. And it's been in brutal fashion. There was the uh, half-court Hail Mary one year. They they uh, blew an 11-point lead and then went to overtime and lost. And then now you have this game where they commit 23 turnovers. 23. Almost find a way to come back and win this game. But Obelie and Christian, they get, they get the ball left with, like, you know, 10 seconds left. They drive, uh, rebound by the... By the Christian player, he goes up for the shot, gets fouled. And then their free throw shooter, who shoots about 55%, he comes up and hits two clutch free throws to send them on to the next round. So, yeah, it was a fantastic game. Joe Pleasant for uh, Christian. He hits those two free throws. And, again, he's like a 56% free throw shooter. Uh, just clutch moment from him. Kansas. They beat the 14th seed Eastern Washington, but this is a really close game too. You had the Groves brother for uh, the Groves brothers, excuse me, for uh, Eastern Washington. Tanner Groves led the way with 35 points, but it wasn't enough to beat Kansas. Florida State they beat uh, their 13th seed, and then Ohio probably one of the another big upset. Not Ohio State, just Ohio. The Ohio Bobcats they upset. The March Madness winners from last year, Virginia, they go down and they beat him. That's fantastic. Creighton held on against UC Santa Barbara, which, oh, man, this was a very frustrating game to watch. The last, like, 15 seconds of this game were unbearable. So Creighton has free throws. They go up one. They make both free throws. They're up 63 to 62. Santa Barbara has a timeout. So I'm thinking, okay, Santa Barbara, call a timeout here. That makes the most sense. You know, a drop a play. You don't need a three. You just need a bucket. Like ideally, you know, the shot clocks off. You you get the last shot. Not only do they not call a timeout, but like they like force this move. They it was weird. They go into they like go left, go like almost into the corner, get double teamed. Then they have to pass to the middle. Now their their forward got a great look. He ended up getting essentially a layup. It was a little bit of a contested shot but a layup at the end of the day, and it rimmed out. Then Creighton held on, and they ended up winning the game. But I just thought it was really weird that they didn't call a timeout there, drop a play. And even when um, – because they had to foul Creighton again after the layup missed, and um, the Creighton guy shooting the free throw, he missed again. And so there was about two seconds on the clock. You see Santa Barbara rebound. I thought once again, hey, let's call a timeout here, and they didn't. And so they lose that way. But, yeah, they almost pull off the upset, but Creighton holds on. Colorado shot the lights out against Georgetown, which I thought Georgetown was going to win this game. I really did, coming off the confidence of winning their uh, conference tournament. But Colorado shot 66% from three. Like, I don't care who you are. You're not beating a team that shoots 66%. <laughs> oh, my God. That's insane. LSU, they took care of business. They beat St. Bonaventure, the ninth seed. Eight versus nine is always a great game. And then you have Michigan. Go blue, baby. They took care of business as the one seed. They beat their 16 seed opponent, Texans Southern. USC, they beat Drake. This game was close at halftime, but then USC pulled away. Maryland, they upset. I guess if you want to call it an upset, 10 versus 7. They upset UConn, and then Oklahoma. They hold on against Missouri. Uh, Mizzou tried to battle back late, but they just couldn't get it done. And then uh, Gonzaga, number another one seed here, undefeated this year. Uh, they destroyed their 16 seed opponent, which is expected, but it was the way that they did it—98 to 55. I mean, oh my god, it was no contest. And then UCLA, they pull off the upset against BYU, which I called in my bracket. And then we had our first COVID, first and only COVID um, shenanigan so far. VCU had some positive tests, and so unfortunately they were unable to play. And Oregon advanced uh, because you know because VCU had to forfeit. Then yesterday we had the second round, the first the first day of the second round. There we go, and we got Sister Jean's team to start off Sunday morning. Right, right, but and then now uh, I was gonna, I was trying to make like a church joke, but it never it didn't get there. I was stumbling over my words. Anywho, Loyola Chicago they upset Illinois that looked fantastic. Uh, the Fighting Illini looked great in on um, day one, but Loyola Chicago led by their uh, Cameron Kurt Crutwig, who is oh my, <laughs> he is fantastic, man. I love the energy, all stuff like that. Uh, For those of you that haven't seen this guy, he has, like, this fat mustache going on right now. He has, like, a receding hairline. He looks like he's 40 with kids, but he's fantastic. 19 points, 12 boards, and 5 assists. Give me that. Also had a steal late in the game. He's showing the emotion. You love to see it. So, sisters' Jean's team, they're in the Sweet 16. Upset Illinois, a favorite to win the whole tournament. Baylor, they took care of business with their um, with their guard play which I, uh, I thought it was going to be a big factor in the tournament. it always is and they got three great guards in Baylor they beat Wisconsin Syracuse they pull off the upset again. Buddy Boheim 25 points in this one. he's averaging like 27 points a game right now. He's insane. they knock off West Virginia 75 to 72. Arkansas they beat Texas Tech in a very back and forth game this game was fantastic. I worked yesterday too, but I was able to watch uh, almost the entire first half on my lunch break, which was great. Um, and so, yeah, Arkansas and Texas Tech went back and forth all um, all game really. Texas Tech made some miss rather some crucial layups down the stretch, and then Arkansas took care of business and they won a close game there. Houston they knocked off Rutgers. Oral Roberts, hello, fresh off the fresh off the heels of beating. Ohio State and sending them home early. They knock off Florida. So they're in the sweet 16, baby. Let's go. Villanova, they beat North Texas. So their Cinderella story is over. And then, but the Beavers, once again, they continue their Cinderella story. They beat Oklahoma State, another really good team. So yeah, that's a 12 seed, a 15 seed, an 11 seed. And an eighth seed in the Sweet 16. With the eighth seeds, not crazy shocking, but man, that's crazy. Like all the upsets have been outstanding. And then just real quick before we get out of here, just want to look forward to today's games. So right now, as I'm recording, we got Oregon taking on Iowa. And Oregon's up at halftime. I think it's gonna be 54 to 46 around there when I see like there's 12 seconds left before the before the half ends. So maybe um, Iowa or Oregon will get another uh, shot off, but yeah, they're up. They're up almost double digits. So yeah, Oregon's first game in the tournament, by the way, because VCU had to forfeit due to COVID. So you figure they're going to come out with a ton of energy, right? And Iowa, Iowa's going to have to match it with the Ducks, right? My concern when you come out with a ton of energy because they're going to be right on fire, right? First first game of the tournament is that if they if it's reckless energy. Then maybe they could struggle early, but uh yeah, they're up nine right now. They just made a free throw, and I think they're gonna be up nine at half. Uh Iowa, outside of Luca Garza, is struggling to shoot. Luca Garza already at halftime has 22 points, which is insane. So, yeah, that's crazy. Uh, okay, just the Oregon player just made two free throws. It's 56 to 46, is your halftime total. After uh, that game or uh, yeah after that game because it's a little bit spread out now because there's less games right after that game we got Oklahoma they're taking on the one seed Gonzaga. now the Bulldogs are a 14 and a half point favorite and they should be like it's nasty. then we got two low seeds playing in the afternoon here Abilene Christian taking on UCLA after that Ohio is taking on Creighton can can these teams continue their Cinderella story? who knows the game I'm looking most forward to tuning into and watching. LSU taking on Michigan. Uh, let's go Michigan there. Colorado versus Florida State. That should be a great game uh, late, uh, early after. Well, it's about 445 is tip off. That should be another fantastic game there. Yeah, uh, Maryland taking on Alabama after that. And then the end off Monday's games, USC taking on Kansas. That should be a great game as well. All these games are going to be entertaining. Um, only been a few blowouts so far. Oregon is on track to pull off the upset, up 10 and a half. So, like, we'll see, man. This is, I, I just love March. This is March, man. I love the madness. I'm here for it. And so, yeah, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate all the support. If you enjoyed it, feel free to share with friends, families, coworkers, anyone else that you think might like it as well. Wednesday, we're going to start baseball. I promise. I might talk about a little bit of March Madness at the beginning again, but we're going to start baseball. I have to get going. They have a plan for that. Preview all of the teams in the major league. Talk about you know um, signings that they've made, people that keyed like departures as well. What their starting rotation is going to look like, key pieces in the bullpen, some players to watch. That's the plan for uh, the next few weeks here. In addition to March Madness stuff, and then maybe the occasional football as well. So that is the agenda. And then um, we got opening day, uh, April first, which is yeah. it's Less than two weeks away, which is fantastic. All right, I'm going to get out of here, though. Hope you had a great weekend. Hope you're having a great start to your week. Go watch some sports. Go watch some March Madness, please. And I will see you in the next one.